It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Previously on Happy Face. Don Finley is the son of Julie Winningham, my father's last victim. I had heard that he wanted to do the things that my dad did to his mom to me. I want him to know how sorry I am for what my father did. I think he's behind me. He, he, looks, he looks tense. She walks up to Don, and without saying anything, he opens up his arms, and they embrace. She was a kind-hearted, good soul, and he broke every rule that he ever had set for victims that he was going to do this to, right? Right. My mom broke every rule because of her soul. He felt something different with her. The detectives came up to Spokane, and they questioned my mom. And she said, uh, uh, your dad's in jail for murder. I want to know what you saw. No one knows this. I haven't told anybody. They open up a room, white walls, silver table. My mom has a sheet covered up to her neck. That's the last time I saw my mom. This was a a multi-year relationship. And if he could do that to her, he could do that to anybody. Julie was found when a local resident stopped to take a scenic picture. Why did the universe tell that person to stop right here? If your mom's body wasn't found... He would still be out there today. In the pines, in the pines, where the sun don't ever shine, I would shiver the whole night through.
what did you think about doing to keep? Do you really want to know that? Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, I've had, I wanted to torture him. I've thought of burying him up to his, you know what I mean? Just cutting little cuts and letting animals eat, you know, all kinds of sick and twisted thoughts. Those aren't normal thoughts. What did you think when you had those thoughts? They were wrong. It's not right, but it was, yeah, I, I've had wild, wild, wild thoughts. Gandhi once said, the weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. But how does some find the strength to forgive the unforgivable? I'm Lauren Bright Pacheco, and this is Happy Face. From the Oregonian, December 20th, 1995, by John Painter Jr., the last of Keith Hunter Jesperson's sentences for three Northwest murders was handed down Tuesday when a Clark County judge ordered him to serve a minimum of 34 and a half years in prison for killing a Camas woman last March. He earlier had admitted strangling Julie Winningham, 43, in the sleeper of his long-haul truck. The sentence will be served consecutively to two consecutive Oregon murder sentences, guaranteeing that Jesperson, 40, will die in prison. At the sentencing, Winningham's son, Don Finley, described the mother as a kind person willing to help others. Quote, You killed her, putting our family in darkness. Melissa, Noel, and I had spent an emotional few hours with Don. We'd had him walk us through what he'd gone through after Keith had brutally murdered his mom, Julianne Winningham how hard it was to be surrounded by the things that reminded him of his mom and the tailspin it had put his life in. But the thing that Melissa wanted to truly understand was, after carrying such anger, how did Don come to a place where he truly felt healed, and how did he learn to forgive? Did you, did you think about bringing a gun into the... Oh, yeah. They didn't have metal detectors. Every day of the trial, they didn't have metal detectors. One day, I walked out of the court. I was from me to your father. There was nothing stopping me. He was full shackles. Nothing stopping me from just going at him. I didn't know then, but I know now, why I didn't do it. Because he would have won. We are not here to take another life. Okay? It would have been over. He would have won. Because I went to his level of killing another human being. And now... I am happy he's in there because your life has been miserable. My life has been miserable. I have healed. Your father will never heal. And that is no longer your burden. No longer your burden. Do you know about the two people that were convicted for the crime? I know that Laverne was insistent that she, her boyfriend. boyfriend, John, was guilty right. um, of this crime and that she manufactured evidence to get him convicted and ultimately got her convicted as well, that they 
were found guilty and that they served some prison time. And can I ask you a question? Do you think they deserve to stay in prison for what they said they did? Or do you think they should have been released? They should have been released. Okay. Well, my opinion is he should have been released and she should have stayed in because she's the one who made the accusations. But they get out. As soon as they get out, they make a movie about it instantly within a month about their life story. Who are they to bring this up? And I was really pissed off because if they wouldn't have confessed, they may have caught your father before my mom. But no. And it screwed everything up. He could have been caught. It may have never happened to my mom. It could have saved four or five women because this lady confessed to a crime she didn't commit to get out of an abusive relationship. I've had to forgive her also to be able to move on. I have to forgive the detectives for not doing a thorough investigation. I had to forgive all these people for not doing their job. And then I had to truly forgive your father. I had to truly forgive my, my own father. I've had a lot of forgiving and you have to forgive, not forget, to be able to move on. For all of Don's words about forgiveness, it was apparent that Jesperson had very much gotten into his head. Do you know who Sandra London is? No, I've never heard the name. This is what your father did. Sandra London, who was in love with a serial killer named Dan Rawlings in Florida. He executed seven women with a machete. She wrote a book about him. Your father wrote Sandra London to ask her to write a book. She said, no, but I will create a computer book diary or whatever. So your father proceeds to write her, telling her how great it is to be in jail, how to get away with murder, how to do this. It's still on the internet today. It's like, 22 pages. From the Oregonian, September 10th, 1997, by J. Todd Foster. Last year from prison, Jesperson wrote a Jacksonville, Florida woman who is fascinated with serial killers and thinks society should have unfettered access to their minds. Sandra London, 50, then posted Jesperson's letters word for word on the internet as she has other killers' letters. On Jesperson's page, which features a rotating skull, he compares his victims to garbage he discarded along America's roadways as a long-haul truck driver. His most disturbing writings, however, are contained in the Self-Start Serial Killer Kit, which offers web browsers a life-sized blow-up doll named for one of his victims, Julianne Winningham. Winningham's son, Don Findlay, 25, of Vancouver, Washington, read Jesperson's website Tuesday and was appalled. He put in part of this stuff that he wrote, get your self-start serial killer kit. It comes with a two-hour VHS tape of life and death situations that are guaranteed to scare the piss or arouse you or both. Take your Julie Winningham blow-up doll with an extra spring back neck. Take her mouth put it over the head of your cock and you'll soon have the living strength to squeeze the shit out of anybody. Why did he pick my mom? <sighs> your 
father had the galls to wink at me in court. Like it was fucking funny. <laughs> I almost, I jumped over the fucking barrier and was grabbed. Because this man. You could see how much Don was affected by Keith. He still carries that hurt. But perhaps what's most impressive is, even in that emotional state, how he handled himself on the stand. Tanya's brother and sister, you know, didn't really do in court like I did. Yeah. You know, you didn't see the whole thing on court. You no, know, I, I had to, I did the rebuttal to your father. And I told him, this is the last thing I told him. I said, as Christians, I forgive you, and God will punish you in the way you deserve to be punished. Your father put his head down. The judge had a tear coming out of his eye. The only reason your father is not dead is because he didn't kill two women in the state of Washington. But he did kill one right over there and right over there, just a mile and a half difference. What are your triggers? Like, what triggers you? Even even now, having done all the work and feeling like you've healed, you were saying that it's, it's everywhere. It's like emojis. It's Walmart. Why? Oh, it was because, only because of the simple fact of the title they gave him of the happy face killer. Psychologically, that messed with my head. Everywhere I saw, it would be a reminder of him. Now that I'm healed, I'm over it. But... It was his thing, he's not, I can't let that beat me up because he'll still win. As long as I have something going in me that he did, I'm never gonna heal. So I have to release it no matter how much it hurts. So you would, it, you saw it everywhere? Everywhere, everywhere. Back of Jeeps, Walmart, people's clothes. How many people walk around with the happy face with the bullet in the head? Mm -hmm. You know, how many people walk, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. All that stuff goes through my head, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, just a flashback everywhere I go, I see this guy. You know how many years it took me to get past that? I don't even know. God, it's like, it's, it's literally like being haunted by a real life boogeyman. Like it, it, it. And I, an overthinker, and I believe your father did that on purpose. But then on the other hand, I think that he was just being mischievous and smart ass and signing it with the happy face, not realizing. So it's I'm torn exactly on what why, he, It's exactly why he, he winked at you in court. It's his taking something so sinister and heinous and, and spinning it to the polar opposite of like putting, it's, it's his sick sense of humor. It's his way of mocking people's pain. It's his, he gets pleasure from that and the smiley face is, mo is a, a mockery. I get it. Yeah. But why do you feel that your dad used my mom's name in the thing I told you about that you never knew about and didn't use Tanya Bennett or one of the other six victims. She was not his typical victim. I mean, he broke all of his rules with her. I think it's because she stopped him. She's the reason he got caught. And so he resents her. From I, the creation of a serial killer by Jack Olson. From his county jail cell, his curly brownish mane shorn by an inmate barber, 
Keith Jesperson continued his campaign to muddy the legal waters. Most of his confessional letters were sent after his own lawyer told him to shut up. The notes were uniformly upbeat. Quote, Have a nice day. From Happy Face. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. 
And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport, and me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Regardless of how Don defines the relationship between Keith and Julie, Melissa saw her as a woman who could have been her stepmother, that in some parallel universe, Melissa and Don could have been, would have been step-siblings. Instead, they're now forever linked by the emotional scars of Keith's crimes. This is a, a, I don't, I have my own answer to it, but do you think justice was served? At first, no. Now, yeah, because he loses. I told you. He has a miserable, horrible life. Me and you, we still have the opportunity to have this open freedom, positivity. He's around no, he's around nothing but negative energy all day. As his daughter, take back your power, take back that guilt and turn it into a positive which you've tried to do by helping and reaching out and doing what you do for people. Melissa has tried throughout her adult life to use her career to connect the families of victims with the families of perpetrators in order to bring about closure and healing and ultimately forgiveness. I think you're right. You know, that there is some sort of divine intervention, but this is what I struggle with. Don, I struggle with this, like, if there is divine intervention, why didn't that divine intervention intervene and save your mom? If the universe was telling this man to come and take a picture, couldn't the universe have told your mom to not be with my dad? Like I said, there's a plan. We, we are supposed to help the screwed up world that's out there. We need to show them that it doesn't, the evil doesn't always win. The villain doesn't always get away. We are here. We are survivors. We did this. It's been 22 years. We're done. We're over it. Let's do us. The only animosity you have is something that you had no control over and I had no control over. So why should we let it control us any longer? It wasn't your choice to do what he did. It wasn't my choice. But yet we're letting his choices control ourselves. That's wrong. Melissa's most deeply rooted fear is that she is somehow like her father, capable of terrible things. Don almost immediately sensed the opposite. He didn't see the capacity for evil in her at all. You obviously are not him, okay? Obviously, you're not. So that needs to be the first thing. I'm scared though, I'm scared. That's the first thing you need to get out, is you're nothing. But I'm scared I look like him. No. I have, I, I came from him. That's okay. 
We can't. Yeah, because my heart is so turned off. I'm afraid I'm, I'm built like him that I don't. No. I don't want to hurt no. people, but I'm scared no. I'm like You're him. You're not like him because of that. You're like blocking feelings and being cold, whatever you think it may be, because this has been damaged so bad. All it did was get covered up and covered up and covered up and covered up. A scar. You can bring this up a hundred more times on television and that scab wouldn't reopen. It is a scar. I am okay. I am convinced that he is where he deserves to be. My mom's in a better place. And he gave this to me and you to pass on to people that no matter what we go through in life, we can make it. Don also believed there was nothing accidental about the way in which his mother's body was found. Life leads us in a weird path. And we are the yin and the yang of one in 3.1 million. Did you know that? No. The odds of what your dad did to my mom is one in 3.1 million. Have you met that many people in your life? I have traveled the United States. I have gone as far as the Caribbean to run away. And I still, the universe brings me back here. I moved all the way to St. Thomas, to the top of an island. Leave me alone. No one will know anything about me unless I won't tell them. But I still end up right back here. I worked in the town for six years as a local bartender. Heard stories about my mom. People come across me every day and say, your name's not Leroy. People call me up out of the blue. I seen her on television again. I saw you on television. So out of the blue, I'd get random calls. People would be Facebooking me from all around the country thinking I can help them. You know, so there was a lot going on. But to be able to heal, I told myself that your father needed to be put away. My mom lived a fulfilled, happy life. It was her time to go to a better place. It wasn't her time. Yes. No, it no. wasn't her time. No, because God has a plan. Okay? No, God you has have a... have a fucking plan. Yes, he does. <laughs> he doesn't. Well, let's not call it God. Let's call it the universe. Our universe has a plan for each and every one of us. This the, isn't you, a kind world. This it isn't, isn't a, a nice kind world. world. I can't but, believe you see it so nice. You do, I, don't, I wish I could see it as I nice want, as you. I want to help you feel it. You have to let me. Because otherwise, you're going to end up the old cat lady. <laughs> yeah, that would be horrible. <laughs> Don, Leroy, whomever he believed himself to be at that moment, also believed that the universe kept putting people in his path for a reason, including a man in the back seat of his cab. I drive taxi and the weirdest stuff happens. I met a gentleman who was about 72 years old. He proceeds to tell me that he had a family and after raising his family, he got tired of working for the man, so he decided to start robbing banks. Well, he ended up getting 18 years. 
he ended up in OSP. We proceed to talk. It's a five-hour journey. Come to find out, he's been locked up the whole time your dad's been locked up. So this man proceeds to tell me what I already knew how bad life was in prison, but how bad your father's life is. The stuff he told me made me happy because I am able to eat a steak, see a beautiful lady, go out and fish. You are still able to do that. He will never be able to do any of the pleasures in life again. What did he say that his life is like in prison? Well, basically your dad lives in one building. He's not allowed to go out of the building. He is, can't go outside? Can't go outside. He is in PC. What's PC? Protective custody. From I, The Creation of a Serial Killer by Jack Olson. Most of the cops and detectives who'd worked the case were pissed that I'd gotten two people out of prison and beat the death penalty myself. But some of them still had a morbid interest in Happy Face. When we pulled into the intake center in Clackamas, one guard asked if I would pose with him for a picture. I was put in solitary confinement in D-Block to keep me safe from other prisoners. Lady killers and rapists ranked near the bottom of the food chain in the prison system, barely above child molesters and crooked cops. I was allowed one hour of yard time a day. No books, no cards, no nothing. Wherever I went, the pointy fingers came out. Everyone wanted a piece of the celebrity. So I'm telling this guy the whole story. And he proceeds to tell me how he's seen your dad get beat up many of times. Your dad is known as a snitch. Your dad is locked in his cell. He comes out like an hour or two hours a day. How big is he now? I can just imagine with no exercise in a cage that's as big as he is, a foot wide. Think about it, he's six foot eight. The cell's six by nine. And if all you do is put on weight, you gotta be uncomfortable. He never gets interaction with anybody. So this guy proceeds to tell me that he's even met your dad and had controversy with him. And I have every right to believe this guy because I feel it, I've seen the tattoos, and this is too odd. And this man told me that he wanted me to stop at a bank so he could rob it and go back in to shank this guy because he deserves to die. Because he knew... Could you explain who you were to him? And the whole time in the cab ride, he kept calling me the last victim's son instead of by my name. He's like, the new generation of inmates aren't willing to do like the old school. Sum up a long story, he told me that he talks to someone inside once a month. He said the next ass whooping, Jess Person will know it's from me. Did it happen? How am I gonna know? I don't know. This was just a few months ago. Don't you find that kind of odd? That out of the blue, a guy like this gets in my taxi? Yeah. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. 
I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, been juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. 
Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All of Melissa's fears about confrontation, about Don's hatred, his anger, about her father and what he'd done to Don's mother, everything, it was just finally over. And there was peace in a sort of strange, if not slightly broken way. There was love. I'm glad's not the word. Um, I'm thankful that you were willing to take me out here and show me. I, I know this isn't... I can tell that after this much time, you, you know, this is a place you can go to, but... My mind, my mind is just racing. I'm You're thinking fine. of a million of things. I'm thinking You're about thinking about my dad and like I'm picturing it in my mind. I've been in that cab of the truck. I'm picturing exactly what he said, what he must have done, like how quickly he would have taken off. Oh no. I mean, it's it's definitely I can I can visualize it, but. How has healing on your own, how has it shaped you as a person? How has it shaped, like, you didn't ask to become... This person? How has it shaped me? Well, people will tell you, now that you've healed, are you going to find Donald? Or are you going to stay Leroy? Well, I'm not sure yet. Donald went... Donald was the victim. Leroy was the survivor. So, in my story, would go how it went from Donald Bernard Finley to Leroy. Because of the traumatic events that have happened in my life. And then at the end, when we're all done with this, we will see Donald. We got a beginning, a middle, and an end. And Donald came out because I hit, we hit the final piece. The puzzle's complete. Two people that have no answers from anybody else, we can now answer ourselves. What is Jesperson to you now? What is Jesperson to me now? Just a tax penny at waste. Meeting one another was so therapeutic for both Melissa and Don. It was really a testament to human resiliency and the triumph of good over evil. When we left with Shugel, it was with the feeling that ultimately Jesperson had lost, because two of his residual victims had used the power of forgiveness to transcend the horror and hopelessness he'd foisted upon them.
Happy Face is a production of How Stuff Works. Executive producers are Melissa Moore, Lauren Bright Pacheco, Mangesh Hatikador, and Will Pearson. Supervising producer is Noel Brown. Music by Claire Campbell, Paige Campbell, and Hope for a Golden Summer. Story editor is Matt Riddle. Audio editing by Chandler Mays and Noel Brown. Assistant editor is Taylor Chacoin. Special thanks to Phil Stanford, the publishers of the Oregonian newspaper, and the Carlisle family. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.